Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today we start our part two episode of The ABCs of Death 2. We hope you enjoyed part one and strap in because we have a lot to discuss as well as jumping into what's in the box. Enjoy. So N is for Nexus, directed by Larry Fessenden. Lawrence T. Fessenden is an American actor, producer, writer, director, film editor, and cinematographer. And He's sex symbol. The founder of the New York-based independent <laughs> production Shingles Glass Eye Picks. Brandon, we got to go with you first. No, oh, I love it. This is my number one favorite. Uh, I I love seeing horror films filmed in New York. I, I, I think it's just because of a proximity thing for me, but like I know how you feel being able to see like a, a subway station that I've used. And I was like, Oh, this was in a Larry movie. Like something about that just brings me so much joy in my daily life. Um, so I, and it's Larry. What is there not to love? I, I love how his mind thinks. So number one. Yeah. I, I totally know how you feel. Um, when anything's ever in LA, like based in LA, I get like the same way. Like I was just recently actually watching the Dead Island 2 trailer and I was like, oh, oh this dude, Hollywood Boulevard right there. And I was like, oh, there's Venice Beach. I was like, oh, there's the Chinese Theater. I was like, I just get really into it because I'm really familiar with the area and like you said, the proximity thing. I grew up there. So um it kind of gives you like goosebumps on your brain a little bit. Yeah. I love when things like I was also just watching a lethal weapon. And when they have like the shootout in the rain down Hollywood Boulevard, I was like, oh, it looks so dope. I love it. I love it so much. But um, this film for me uh, didn't do anything for me. This is the bike ride one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It didn't do anything for me. Um, I didn't hate it or love it. It was just one of those that existed. I was hoping for more just because of the, the, the director. But yeah, it, it didn't really do anything for me. Um, this one does get a 6 out of 10 even though I did like it I did enjoy it Um, it's very okay but Mm -hmm. I I really like the cinematography in this one it had a lot of like Hong Kong uh, style camera angles and um, yeah it was uh, we we all knew what was going to happen but um, I liked I liked the journey to it I guess I'm sorry one one last thing and then I'm moving on Um, I like how Larry is able to capture the chaotic feeling of New York in just like just a couple minutes like between the cab ride uh, the the girlfriend on the corner the biking the biker like he creates that chaos of like daily life very well and it's a good structured chaos too like the editing is really well like the cuts uh show like the craziness but in a constructive way mm-hmm. to kind of like piece together what's happening and like the pacing like there's a, a a beginning and an end journey and you're seeing it cut together in like a chaotic but like way that makes sense i think it's cool i also want to say no one hung dong in this one there was there was almost some hanging of the dong but the closest we get is in the grandpa one and we didn't even mention that i totally forgot about it we see yeah. balls we just see balls and Pubic hair. There's nothing here to wank. That was fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I love. Yeah, we Dawn. do almost get a penis in this one. Yeah, yeah. we need more p- penises in films. Um, yeah. Too much tits in this one. Yeah, Jesus. too much tits. Let's let's see a dick every now and then. O is for ocracy. Yeah, ocracy. Yeah, ocracy. Ocracy. Sure. Okay. Directed by Hajim Ohada. Um, I don't have any information on this director as well, but this is from Japan. Um, a woman is put on trial by zombies for her murderous rampage against them, despite her already being, despite there already being a cure for the zombie outbreak. She even shoots her own daughter when she is bitten. Um, much of the evidence points to her guilt, even though it was self-defense, as she was trying to stay alive from the zombie horde. What do you guys think of this, Ian? We're going to start with you. This is my number two um, favorite. My number two favorite. I think it answers the question that a lot of people have in zombie movies. 
what happens when they get cured, right? And this is a short on on that exact question. I think it's a uh, really well done. There's like a whole trial going on. It's got some dark humor, and it's also um, it's it's uh, very campy in that zombie way. It's um, it's good. It's very solid. I give it a eight out of ten. Brennan? Zombie Court is a fucking fantastic idea. Uh, there, there's no, there's no way around it. That is one of the most original ideas I think I have ever. One of the most I've ever heard of in my entire life. Um, in Ian, you're, it, it has a very comedic element to it, but I like how there's that intense tonal shift at the end when her daughter removes the eye patch and it stops becoming funny, and she's like, "Why didn't you bury me?" And it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh. And then it goes back to the thing at the end where she gets shocked and all the other dead people wake back up. Like it's it's great. This is uh, this is probably my number 4 or 5. I feel like you could analyze this one quite yeah. a bit because there's a lot of lore that the like a little lore that they add into it mm-hmm. into their zombie world. It's almost like, would you hold out for a cure if you knew that it could be potential? Like, you're killing a potential survivor if you find a cure every time you kill a zombie. I think that is an interesting concept in of itself. But, of course, the comedic elements of it, of uh, the cure only being a half measure, and they don't get cured necessarily. They're still in their zombie state. They just become uh, self-aware of what's happening and kind of get their memory back, I think, is a really cool idea, really fun concept. Um, it didn't make my um, top three or honorable mentions, but I do like this short a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, it's it's a really cool idea. That is a crime that it didn't make your top three. It's a crime. I haven't questioned any of your picks, but we'll go ahead and continue <laughs> on to... Because you like it, you, because you like zombies so much. I mean, I'm just, I'm just whatever, what if I, you know? P is for pup, 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 scary. Directed by Todd Rohal. Todd Rohal is an American independent filmmaker. His three feature films are 2012's Nature Calls and The Guatemalan Handshake 2006. He won the Jury Special Award for Best Film for The Guatemalan Handshake at the Slam Dance Film Festival in 2006. This film is an homage to black and white comedy. Kirby, Puppy, and Bart, didn't know they had names, dressed as prisoners, find themselves in a dark void with only candle for light. They find a man with a baby who begins dancing to an Irish jig. The man whose face begins distorting blows out their candle numerous times until they realize that they have transformed into grotesque puddles. Ian. Um, This is my number one least favorite. Um, I think it's a... I'm I'm not not, not even going to hold back and be nice because... To, you had the letter P and you fucked that up. Like you just scary. What? That's such a that's such a bullshit thing. Like I understand it that it's it's in it's a joke that's in the short, but like man, all these other people have actual words that go to their letters, and uh, it wasn't funny. I didn't I didn't think this was funny at all, and um, I hated it. Two out of ten. It did give me one chuckle. What was the chuckle? Um, when he screamed the second time. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to piggyback off of what Ian said and go second. I think that this is a... I don't mean to come off as dramatic, all right? But I think this is a fucking disrespect to the rest of the directors in this film. That he got assigned P and went that bullshit route i think it's unoriginal i think it's not fair to the rest of the directors um i just think it's kind of a cop-out honestly the film aside the short film aside just just the idea behind it is kind of a cop-out and i i think it's kind of bullshit as well um now talking about the short it wasn't great brennan talk to me (laughs) (laughs) nice oh oh yeah this is in my this is my number one least favorite as well hell yeah uh Yep, this is also my least favorite, and I, I I mirror every everything you guys said about the letter P. One of the guys' names was Poppy. Poppy's nightmare. There you go. You got Ugh. it. Or P. Prison break. Um, the one thing that I slightly enjoyed, and Kyle, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, did the did the man give you Leland Palmer vibes? No, but I see what you're saying. Because he he looks vaguely like Ray Wise, and there's the weird dancing thing. 
Yeah. So I couldn't put my finger on it, but he did remind me of someone when I was watching it. Um, I can't necessarily say he still reminds me of Leland, but he was reminding me of someone. Maybe I subconsciously was thinking about him, but yeah, no, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. So fuck G for gravity and fuck P for scary. scary. So we, uh, have now, I think come to the conclusion that P scary is ruminations of red rooms. Official dud of ABCs of Death 2. It gets the Gravity Award. It gets the Gravity Award. Gravity Award. Gravity Awards. Okay. That's perfect. That's brilliant, dude. So, Scary gets the Gravity Award. So, we're going to move on to Q is for Questionnaire, directed by Rodney Asher. Rodney Asher is a filmmaker whose feature debut, the subjective documentary, also known as Room 237, premiering through IFC, looked at Stanley Kubrick's The Shining through the eyes of five very different people, each obsessed with solving its countless mysteries. That's what he's best known for. Q for Questionnaire is a United States film. A man takes an intelligence test on the street with a nice woman who notes that he is doing well, juxtaposed with... This scene is a footage of the man's brain being removed from his head, then transplanted into a gorilla after he aces the test. Ian, talk to me. Um, so, yeah, I like this one. I've seen the actor before, but I just can't put my finger on it. Um, he's definitely a comedic actor. Um, and he, I, I've seen him in something, and he's been really funny. But this one was, it was just okay. I give it a 6 out of, uh, let's see. Yeah, I give it a 6 out of 10. Um, it was it was fine. I enjoyed it. Um, it didn't have too much. I, I want to know what the purpose was for the monkey, but I mean, you know, fuck it. I mean, it's it's a monkey. I, I love monkeys, and I'm glad he was in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like the setup. I think that uh, I think the whole idea of it's funny because I think at one point we've all at some point in our life passed one of those stands where they're like, "We'll test your IQ," or you know, um, "How smart are you?" Those types of stands, and no one ever stops at them. So we don't really know what happens. So I like it's that true. idea of now we do of you've never done this before. It's probably true. Um, so I think the idea of this is funny and the execution is, is is all right. I would also probably give it a six out of ten. Ian, that's what you gave it, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. I kind of mirror both you and don't have anything else really to say about it. So we're going to move on to R is for roulette directed by Marvin Krenn. He is an, an Austrian film director, best known for his work in the horror genre, specifically the 2010 film Rambach, Berlin Undead, which we have covered <gasps> on this film. No way! Check out the episode if you're interested. That movie was but really cool. R is for Roulette is um, an Austria film, and Michael, Nina, and Klaus are in a basement playing Russian roulette. They take turns pulling the trigger, but none of them get the bullet. On the sixth try, Michael is next. He and Nina tell each other that they love each other, but Michael turns the gun on Nina, killing her. Klaus checks on a noise room upstairs. Michael thinks that it will not be that bad, but Klaus following up with, we're about to find out. Brandon, talk to me. Hashtag couples goals. You're about to be brutally ripped apart by whatever the fuck is upstairs. And we're playing Russian roulette. We're like, hey, whoever gets the bullet gets the bullet. But it comes down to that last bullet and you have the choice. Kill yourself and save yourself from the pain or take the woman you love and give her a peaceful way out. That is couple goals. That's all I have to say. Seven out of ten. Ian, talk to me. Um, this. Oh, man. Okay. I wanted to say something, and I think I'm just going to say it. this is the most 5 out of 10 thing I've ever seen in my life. And that's really all I have to say about it. I think you had the same feeling about Rambach, too. Is kind of mid, right? Yeah, super mid. Like, he just makes... Yeah, I'm just not a fan of this guy, apparently. I think Brendan, for me, I think Brendan said it pretty well. Um, I, I like how they i i also don't think this is like an amazing short or anything but i like the concept behind it like i like how it takes different twists and you never really know what the motive is or what the situation is until the very end um and not seeing the creatures was a little disappointing but also just knowing that 
something bad's about to happen um, by something unknown is is also in an, in of itself frightening. Um, I just I can't say it any better than Brendan. I thought this was a really interesting, cool short, and I'm gonna give it my runner up. It wasn't originally, actually, no, it was runner up. Not my top three though. We're going to move on. Oh, and shout out to Rambach. I love that film. Shout out to um, Rambach. Go watch the film if you like zombie films and go listen to our episode afterwards. It's like 53 minutes long. Yeah, it's a very short film. S is for Split, directed by Juan Martinez Moreno. Don't have any information on this director, but um, this short is from Spain. Robert is on a business trip in France and calls his wife Miriam, who is in Great Britain. An intruder breaks into Miriam's house and chases her with a ball pin hammer. Robert calls the police, but the intruder chases down Miriam and kills her before going to check on their baby. Robert pleads with the intruder, who turns out to be a woman, who asks Robert if she could speak to her husband. It reveals that Robert has been having an affair with a man who is implied to be the said husband of the killer i like this one it didn't make my top three but i like the um cutting of the different scenes from the from the different perspectives it reminds me a lot of the de palma film daughters or sisters i'm sorry Hmm. it reminds me a lot of that they do that a lot in that film and i was a real big fan of it um i just think it's cool uh you know i think it's a cool way of of filming and uh this was also um, one of the runner-ups. So, I thought this was um, equally as mid as the last one. Um, I, I did like the twist. I, I did enjoy this one a lot more, though. Um, I did like the twist. I just felt like the most basic kind of unique idea, if that's even something I can say. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, the concept was mid. I just like the execution. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. The split screen, that was cool. Um, and and uh, yeah. for split, it was a fun, interesting way to, you know, yeah, play on the word. Yeah, no, no, they really did it right, unlike P. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me, Brian. Uh, yeah, the the idea is great. Um, the the twist, it's kind of. You, you, I initially I thought it was going to be the husband of whatever guy because I was like, obviously he's cheating. Um. But the twist of having it be a woman and them being gay, interesting idea, uh, concept, visually cool. I thought it was going to be the husband who like hired the killer at the end or something. And but oh al- yeah, some some okay. Also, showing the the bloody crib was kind of kind of morbid, but cool. Um, kind of metal. Indeed. T is for torture porn, directed by Jen and Sylvia Soska. Jen Soska and Sylvia Soska, also known as the Soska sisters or the Twisted Twins, are Canadian twin sisters who work together as film directors, producers, and screenwriters, best known for their 2012 film American Mary. Um, This is um, a film where a group of misogynistic and abusive filmmakers, Ian, the men strips her down and prepare to film her when one of them spots what they think is a penis. Yumi then reveals that she has tentacles um, where her clitoris should be and proceeds to use them to kill the filmmakers. Ian, talk to me. (laughs) Oddly enough, this only got a six out of ten. I don't know why. I don't know why, because this this idea is hard. It's hard. It seems like something I've definitely seen in other forms of media. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I like the whole tentacle porn thing that they were going for. I don't. I, I wanted to see if she had like actual penises on the ends of the tentacles. That would have been cool. Um, that would have been really cool. That would have been cool. Um, She's got a dick. Damn, I'm kind of mad they didn't do that now. Yeah, that, I think that's why I give it a six. I think that's why I got a six. Um, other than that, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's solid. It's very solid and it's, it's towards the top for sure. It's not one of my top three though. Burn. Uh, yeah, like, like what Ian said, it's the, the concept of it is, is cool. Uh, I like tentacles, tentacle death, even cooler. Um, on, I don't know if whatever, cause we actually didn't talk about what we watched these on. Um, so I still have my magnet release my magnet dvd from 2014 uh and that's what i watched it on and i'm curious if you guys had this too in the end credits of mine uh it's lawrence harvey 
re-watching Tears for Tor- Torture Porn and jacking off, and then he ends up like stopping it because it's too grotesque for him, which I thought was kind of funny since he's in Human Centipede too. Oh, um, I don't. I didn't watch all the credits. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I mean, did yeah. it happen at the end of the credits? After the the scroll. Gotcha. Of, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch that far. Me neither. Um, is he the this doctor from Human Centipede? No, um, in number two, he is the the night guard that runs the the garage where he kidnaps his people. I'm gonna act like that means something to me. He okay. he's he's the bad guy in Human Centipede too. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I don't have much to say for this, so we're gonna move on to you is for Utopia. I think Ian kind of covered what I thought about it. Yeah. Um, you is for Utopia, directed by this. Vincenzo Natali. Vincenzo Natali. Natali. They are an American-born Canadian film director and screenwriter known for writing and directing science fiction and horror films such as Cube, Cypher, Nothing, and Splice. I've only seen Cube of that list, but I like Cube. Uh, This is in a utopian society where everyone is attractive and beautiful. A rather plump, poorly dressed man appears, looking nervous as the utopians watch him. He's knocked down um scanned uh revealing him to be a sub norm a robot appears <laughs> drags him inside and incinerates his body and everybody is super jacked about it ian so this is like the result of um not enough sigmas what what is a sigma brendan uh a sigma is like a more refined alpha male go oh, gotcha 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 so it's sigmas versus betas right but and that's the beta. It, 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 right now, it's still kind of more alpha versus beta because alpha is the okay. more accepted Andrew Tate thing. Gotcha, gotcha. By those incels. Fuck you. Um, this one gets a <laughs> six out of ten for oh, me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, don't really have too much um on this one. I do see the similarities in Cube. Now that you say that, um, it. Definitely has that sort of vibe, lighting his, and like, yeah, like his, yeah, his directing style. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. So six out of ten, I think that's fair. Cool. We're gonna move on to V is for vacation. Oh, I think Brendan had something. To say. Oh, did I not go? My bad. Yeah, you skipped over everyone. Uh, no, I was, I, I was just thinking. Imagine going to get cast in something and you get the role and you're like okay what role am i playing and they're like you're going to be surrounded by hot people and you're going to be the ugly fado that's going to get immolated at the end like how would that make you feel like i know it's just a role but getting cast in that has got to be like i don't know like real life like yeah. you're talking about the real life actor like the yeah. one like overweight guy versus yeah. all of the like yeah like how do you feel is that average man? weight yeah that's I mean, he, I mean, he was probably just happy to be there, you know? <laughs> I'm just happy to be nominated. <laughs> so we're going to move on to V's for Vacation, directed by Jerome Sable. I don't have any information on that, but this is a Canadian-made film. Um, it's the second found footage short. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Video Chats. I didn't know he had a name. Oh, yeah, no, he did. Kurt Video Chats with his girlfriend, Amber, over the phone. Dylan, Kurt's friend, takes the phone and reveals that he and Kurt have been taking drugs and drinking heavily and partying. Dylan also reveals that they both hooked up with two local prostitutes. Kim and Rose. They have names, I guess. <laughs> Kurt, hits, <laughs> Kurt hits Kim and takes the phone away, but Amber is upset. Suddenly, Rose grabs a screwdriver and kills Dylan. Brennan, talk to me. How sticky do you think that screwdriver is? Um, and also, too too much nudity. I when I was watching this in college, and I was a lot younger and you know randier. Um, I was probably I was probably all over the nudity in this movie. I was like, fuck yeah, this is so gnarly. But just watching it back, you guys said it earlier. But there's just too much. I don't. I don't really. I don't need to see a fucking naked naked woman. Like I don't need to see everything. It's just like have like some discretion would be okay. I get that it goes with the whole vibe of the story that they're telling, but like I just want some more discretion now. Like I don't need to see it. So I'm gonna piggy off Brendan and actually say that uh, I'm glad we got a reveal for the smelly old pussy. I'm glad that was in oh, the that, oh that's what it was okay um I'm not sure if that's exactly why they in they put that in 
Um, but uh, you know, that was probably the best line, and for that, it gets a six out of ten. <laughs> this one reminded me the most of like a VHS feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I liked this one. Um, it didn't make my list or anything, but um, I think it was pretty visceral and gory, and I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought the uh, like the whole twist was was like it wasn't mind breaking or anything, but I think it flowed really well as a short, as a horror short. It was very quick. It was very very gruesome, and I just dug it. And I again, they or V for vacation. They could have went with you know smelly vagina or vagina, yes. but um, no, I I think it was a cool play on um, vacation. I just uh, like Dylan as a character, like just revealing all these bad things for no reason. Yeah, yeah, what an like, asshole, right? Like, <laughs> look at this cook we stormed. Ladies, friend in existence. <laughs> but it also implied that the girlfriend fucked him too. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting because she was like, or he was like, oh, but you, well, we know all about that. I don't know what he said, but it did imply it, um, which I thought was a weird uh, thing. But we're going to move on to W is for Wish, um, directed by Stephen Kostansky. Um, Stephen is a Canadian director, producer, and writer known for his work on The Divide 2011, The Void 2016, and directed oh. Psycho Goreman 2020. Okay. Um, uh, Ian, let's start with you. Yeah, this one gets an 8 out of 10 for me. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought the dark humor in this one, it's, it, that's perfect. It, it totally makes sense that this dude did Psycho Gorman. Yeah. Um, I liked the... Um, and he's not afraid to work with kids in a horror film, which is awesome. He's like showing these gory images in front of like little children. It's, it's awesome. Um, very enjoyable. Uh, I liked the reveal at the end with the old dude playing... Uh, whatever he, uh the the main character is for that world um wish man wish master something? uh yeah uh yeah something like that um yeah it, it was cool to see that they went into their favorite action figures world i thought that was really cool um this didn't make my top three but uh it was it was uh it was rough it, it was hard it, it's like number four i would say this is number four me. I'm going to piggyback off of Ian. Um, I think the concept's really cool. It's very Last Action Hero vibes, being yeah. sucked into your favorite property, um, but it going way off the deep end and in a dark spot. Um, I I mirror everything Ian said, except I think that the payoff at the end was sh- probably the worst part about this short. Like Nothing really happened. They just rode off into the sunset, but nothing bad really happened. Um it was just whatever as far as an ending goes, but I love the transition of him being in the elevator and going to each floor and just seeing yes. the different creatures and monster designs and you know the the different shit that was going on on each level. It was really world building for as short as it was, and I just really dug this. It also didn't get in my top three, but it is an honorable mention. I very enjoyable. I love the I love the colors of it. Uh, he the the this filmmaker always knows how to make his films look very visually interesting color wise yeah. i remember when this film was being promoted magnet's facebook and instagram page for like months was nothing but like fake ads for these toys and i love i thought that was like such clever marketing so it, the ideas behind uh champion of of zorb uh i wish they would have actually like released actual figures that would have been cool that would have been cool so we're going to move on to x is for xylophone directed by julian mori and alexandre bustillo no information on the directors unfortunately but it's from france a grandmother which i didn't know that it was the grandmother um Oh, yeah. But a grandmother is watching over her grandchild playing with a toy xylophone while listening to a gramophone. The grandmother is eventually disturbed by the grandchild's rough music on her xylophone. As the parents return home, they find the grandmother's playing with her grandchildren's corpse using the bones like a xylophone. Brennan. I love infanticide. Um, <laughs> I This one is just, it's so cool. The, the idea behind it is, I think, hysterical. And uh, the payoff of just like the carcass on the ground, I think is absolutely metal. Uh, seven out of ten. I rated half of these. Jesus, I'm sorry. The payoff is what 
is the best part to this to me. I think yeah. like the visual side of it is just fucking metal. I can't say it in any other word. And uh, I think that the rest of it is is a little. There's a little t- to be desired, but the payoff seals it as being a uh, a worthy addition. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a cool play on the word. It's crazy that you mentioned this was a French film because I I swear I've seen that grandma from somewhere, and I I, I guarantee it's from like one of those uh, French extreme uh, films from the oh, early two thousands. This one gets a six out of ten. It's uh, it's solid. I do like the reveal, and I like that she's playing the the bones as a, a xylophone. It's great. So I did find some information really quick. Um, so strap in, folks, because it's a little lengthy. Julian Mori and Alexandre Bustio are French filmmakers. The two are known for working on their projects together, with both men co-directing and Bustio writing the script. Their first film was Inside, a controversial yes. okay. horror film I was just about a pregnant that. woman stalked by a mad woman who wants her child for herself. The film was cited as an example of the new wave of French horror films and was a critical success that brought international attention on both of them. After the success of Inside, they both were attached to at separate times to Halloween 2, the sequel to Rob Zombie's remake of John Carpenter's Halloween, as well as the remake for Clive Barker's Hellraiser. In both Mm -hmm. cases, they left the project Murray stated, we, we decided not to go to the United States to do the remake of Hellraiser um, because it was a PG-13 approach and we want to do the original things. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Thank you for that. Interesting. That's cool. I was going to say inside. I just didn't want to be wrong. I, I was looking through her filmography, right, Kyle, right? As you yeah. said, inside. That's perfect. That's cool. I like this one. Why is for Youth, directed by Soichi Umizawa. Uh, I tried looking up information for this director. I could not find anything. Um, but this is from Japan. Um, Miyuki writes a letter on her phone to her parents who have disappointed her as she expresses their problems. Uh, I'm not going to read the problems. Their mother's crazy. <laughs> she imagines the problems personifi- personified attacking her parents in grotesque and supernatural ways. Brennan, talk to me. We, as genre fans, we have seen self-harm portrayed hundreds of different ways. So many different ways, like in an immeasurable amount. The way that they tackled the idea of self-harm in youth, I think, is stupendous. It's it's impressive. the way that she personifies these traumas that she has into the real world and how as each trauma happens, we see another slit on her wrist. Like it's just, I, I I don't want to say it's beautiful because nothing about suicide is beautiful, but the approach and the tact and the commentary behind it just makes this uh, an absolutely spectacular film. I don't want to see this as a feature. I think this is strong enough as it is. And anything longer would just be way too much. Um, I give this a 9 out of 10. I didn't want to put it in my top three because I thought it would be too obvious. But um, no, this is great. It's super um, gory. Or not gory, but it's it's uh, visually heavy. Mm-hmm. And um, I like the practicals. I like uh, how it displays the the lashes, like you said, Brendan. It's, um, yeah, it's really, really well done. This is um, in my honorable mentions, one of my, um, so I had seven films that I wanted to either split into three likes and honorable mentions. This makes one of the seven. I think uh, visual heavy is the perfect way to put it. Um, I love the depiction of the thoughts on the page translating to like a real time scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought it was really cool looking and um, really Showing the perspective of a child from parents that are just fucked was really cool. Um, I like this. I like the creativity behind it. And um, yeah, this was definitely an honorable mention for me. And so I don't, I, I just one last thing, Kyle, because yeah. you, the way you said it really cut, it's interesting because children have these issues just like, like we do. And to see these traumas portrayed as childish imagination creations imaginations yeah. that just makes it so much more sad honestly yeah, yeah. i agree yeah it, 
it hits. This one hits. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Um, yeah. Okay. We're going to move on to Z is for Zygote. Uh, directed by Chris Nash. Again, don't have any information on this one, unfortunately, for the director. But this is a Canadian-made short. A pregnant woman is left by herself by her husband who leaves her portlock route to prevent the baby from being born. 13 years later, the woman is still pregnant, but the child has grown inside of her and can speak. The woman does not want her child to leave, even though it is slowing her down and is shocked when the roots run out. The child then kills her mother and disembowels her, wearing her skin. Ty, the husband, returns. However, the woman tells him while showing a large scar on her abdomen that she couldn't wait any longer and had to cut the fetus out. Ty offers to start fresh. So something I didn't realize, and this kind of went over that, is so is is that the daughter taking over the body? Yes. Interesting. Or the son. Or the son. Or the son, that's true. So um, this made it in my top three. Um, if I had to place it, I guess I would put it as number three. But um, I think from an idea and a visual standpoint, this just is really intriguing to me. And I was like super into it the entire time I was watching it. I think that there's something to be said about maybe the message of the father leaving and all this kind of shit, and the, the mother uh, not wanting to lose her child and separation issues and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go into any of that, but I'm sure that there's something to be said. I don't have anything to comment on about that, but I just really, from a visual standpoint, really like this short. I thought it was one of the most impressive shorts out of the bunch. Um, And yeah, I was just like in awe the whole time I was watching it. And uh, I really, really dug this one. It vibed with me really hard. So this was in my uh, top three. This was my number three. Um, I think what pushed it there was the visuals. Um, I, I had my list um pretty much set until the last like four um shorts came up and they just bumped everything out of whack but this one made it this one uh was really interesting as a horror short in this film and um i didn't i never quite knew where it was gonna go and um i loved the direction it went i loved that it was the child who enveloped her her mother that was insane um yeah really good shorts really fantastic short um yeah this is my number two nice top favorite um the the scene where the baby not a baby the child pushes all of the guts in organs outside of the mom through her mouth and then the like the elasticy scene where like she's putting her her arm in her hand and it just fills up like a glove. It is that is one of the that scene or that that specific idea. It's not gory, but it's it's like so viscerally uncomfortable. And with the the sound design of it, this is just this is spe- it's spectacular. It's it's incredible. This has feature potential, I think, as well. Mm. Yeah, there's no way these last two shorts were made for five thousand. It's it's hard to believe. Yeah, I think that's what makes them so impressive. Do yeah. Do you think the filmmakers were allowed? Because I couldn't find any information on this. Do you think the filmmakers were, if they wanted to, they were allowed to more. put more money on, or it was only five thousand? I hope that it was only five thousand, so everybody had the same, yeah, you know, chance. Yeah, 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 the same chance. Um, to kind of flex their creativity mm-hmm. with the money that they were yeah. given. So I'm hoping that's the case. But yeah. um, overall, I think this is a pretty solid list of films, short films. Um, very interesting. So before we get into America's favorite game, soon to be the world's, let's go over our final thoughts and rating for the ABCs of Death 2 2014, Brandon Starfers. Uh, like, quite a few of the films we've covered on this podcast. Um, this is also a very nostalgic movie for me. It reminds me of a time in my life where still trying to figure things out and my entire personality was forming to be what I am today, which is my personality is just movies. Um, this is a very enjoyable, nostalgic movie for me there. Even though in my opening poem, I said that it's critically panned and I agree um, there are more hits than misses with this one, and I can't fault that for that. So I would give this a three and a half with a heart. 
Ian, talk to me. Um, it's hard to do these ones. It's really hard to give these type of movies a rating because there's just so many shorts. Some are absolute dog water stinkers like pee. Um, and some are really great. Like, um, but, uh, but I, I think I got to go with like an average score of like a, a seven and a half. What's that? Or sorry, sorry. Three and a half, three and a half. Oh, three point five. Three, yeah. Heart, 3. no 5. heart. No, no. Uh, I'll give it a heart. I'll give it a heart. So it's getting a heart on the red room scale for sure. Um, I I have no nostalgia about this film, but I've been wanting to cover this film for a very long time because I love this idea so much. Mm-hmm. Even though that there are like Ian said, there's there's some stinkers in there that will kind of lower the average rating down. I just like even the bad ones, it's still cool seeing um, these people flex their creative ideas with the money that they're given. And I just wish that more f- anthology films were made like this. Uh, I I love the concept of of this film and the first. Um, I'm gonna give this movie a three stars. No heart, but that still leaves it at a. 3.3 repeating, so we're going to bump it up to 3.5 with a heart for ABCs of Death 2. All right, so uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network. Also, the Ruminations of Red Room Thick Piss Break. Please enjoy this ad. We will be right back. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. The boys have left to take their thick piss break, and it leaves just me now let me break down what happens when it's just me there's also someone with me and that person is marilyn monroe marilyn monroe is the ghost of the ruminations radio network i've been in contact with her for some time now and i must tell you that she's very very concerned with the state of you not subscribing and rating to this cast. I beg of you. Hey, guys, welcome back. Oh, I heard that. Oh, man. Welcome back from that thick I feel like I had a a cramp from that pee. So we're going to get into, once again, the United States' favorite game. going to be the world's What's in the Box? The game where my co-hosts have to guess the film based on a description from Letterboxd. They then have to guess the average rating on said Letterboxd. If they are within a point three of the rating, they get a point. They then will guess the decade the film was made. If they guess the decade, they get a second point. And now, if they guess the year that the film was made, they can get up to a third point. Gentlemen, are you ready? Yes, whatever. Oh, what the heck? A shape-shifting showreel. In a near future where AIDS is the number one killer disease, an evil pharmaceutical boss, Dr. Hex, creates a drug called Seracane, promoted as a miracle cure that in reality results in hideous mutations. When Hex's top scientist discovers the truth, he and his family are are butchered by Hex's henchmen. Their son Brian survives being drilled through the head through drilled through the head and becomes an unstoppable maniac bent on revenge. 3.1. As you That's can tell, a- I have not read the descriptions prior to um, this film. That sounds a, wild. A movie that comes to mind is Brain Damage. Just because you know, it's he mentioned drill in the brain. I haven't even seen brain damage, but um, I've seen the poster, so I've seen enough. Oh yeah, the uh, Peter Jackson movie. No idea. No, that's, that's brain dead. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna go. Three point one is a great guess. I'm gonna go. 
3.2.9. So 2.9, and Brendan, you were what? 3.1. Brendan gets the point. It is at 3.4. Guess the decade. 80s. That's a good guess. I'll say 90s. Brendan's going to get that point. Why do you say that? Then why didn't you guess 90s? You can still guess it. I don't care. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm committed. I'm committed. Brendan gets awarded the second point. It is a 90s film. Guess the year, Brendan. Uh, 1993. So close. It is the oh. 1992 film oh. Drill Bit, directed by Alex Chandon. Hmm. Never heard Number of it. Number two. Beyond the darkness, terror lives forever. A motorcycle gang kidnaps a young woman, Josie, from a diner and brutally kills her. Many years later, the girl's father finds a magical crystal that can bring the life back to the dead, back to dead objects. He uses it to reanimate his daughter. He lets her seduce any young man that comes to visit the small town and then kills them. Four young students, two boys and two girls, spend a vacation near the town. I almost said the word. They hear about the story and get involved. I feel like I know this exact movie. I'm going to go. Oh, man. No. 2.8. 3.0. You guys are both incorrect. It is 2.3. Guess the decade. Definitely don't know this. Two thousands. The aughts. Oh man, when did this town that dreaded sundown remake? Uh, the the remake. That's not the town that dreaded sundown remake. No, you don't think so. Um, also, that's a if, slasher film, isn't it? If if it was, oh, yeah. that'd be uh, the 2010s. This is about a crystal uh, bringing back to life a girl who seduces men, and uh, pretty sure it's not the uh, sundown movie. But uh, <laughs> Ian, shoot. All right, so I've narrowed it down. Now that that's out of the way. Um, I had to give you that one because you were just being... <laughs> I was going to drop a word. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> Let me guess. Uh, 2010s. You both are incorrect. 80s. It is the 80s which means that you are not guessing the year, which is a 1989 film, Hellgate, directed by William A. Levy. Hmm. It is now Brennan 2, Ian 0, number 3. Beyond science, beyond sanity, beyond control. Deep within the mysterious Ouroboros Institute, a disturbed and beautiful girl is held captive by a doctor in search of inner peace her mind controlled by a sinister technology silently she waits for her next session with deranged therapist dr barry nile if she hopes to escape she must journey through the darkest reaches of the institute but nile won't easily part with his most gifted and dangerous creation can you give me the first sentence again please again Within the mysterious or Borea is actually what it says, Institute. A disturbed and beautiful girl is held captive by a doctor in search of inner peace. Okay, I'm done. This is Penelope, the one with um, Christina Ritchie. Um, the drama. Wait, what genre? Can I get genre, please? Horror. 2.9. You're dragging this on. I'm going to guess... <laughs> Two point eight. You both are correct. It is two point six. Oh, Guess oh the decade. Nineties. Uh, no, you already Thousands. did nineties. You already did a nineties. He's not doing a theme. I know. Right. Uh, I'll say the odds. This guy. Yeah. Oh, we, we both guessed. 2000s. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you say that. Yeah, I didn't either. You both are incorrect. It is the 2010 film <sighs> Beyond the Black Rainbow, directed by oh, Panos Kasmatos. Panos Kasmatos. It's the guy that oh, did Beyond the Black Rainbow. Gotcha. It is now Ian 1, Brennan 3. Final 
film. Cam walked in. Five carpoolers. Carpoolers. That's a funny word. Five carpoolers travel <laughs> in a motorhome to reach a common destination. Night falls, and to avoid a dead animal carcass, they crash into a tree. When they come to their senses, they find themselves in the middle of nowhere. The road they were traveling on has disappeared, and there is only a dense, impenetrable forest and a wooden house in the middle of a clearing, which they discover is the home of a spine-chilling cult. 3.1. Damn. That's not the ritual, is it? No, I can't it sounds so familiar. Yeah. No, it's not the ritual. Because they like willingly go out and they Oh, that's right. And, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they have a um three point three. I'm committing high. Right. I think you're right. Brendan gets the point. Ian is now <laughs> the loser of this episode, but just for consistency, we're gonna go ahead. And guess the decade. It is uh, sitting at 2.8, by the way. Uh, 2000s. I'm Incorrect. It is okay. the 2021 <laughs> film, a classic horror story. Oh, right. I've seen that one. That puts year to date Kyle 3, Brendan 3, Ian 5. Ian still holds the lead. This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. The Harry Bush of the Ruminations Radio Network. <laughs> if you like what we're doing here, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, fi podcast fix. Give us a rating, preferably a high one. I hope you like us. If not, it's fine too. Check out the ruminationsradionetwork.com where you can get a full list and description of many of the other podcasts that are on the network. A lot of good stuff there. I've been your host, Kyle, with a K. And today we have Ian with two E's. Which one do you think is uh, Michael's favorite? I can't. Is it Wish? Maybe Torture Wish. Porn. Torture porn? Yeah, probably torture porn, right? You think he's in, in that sort maybe, of thing? Maybe so older. vacation, because there's a lot of nudity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's definitely his, like, yeah, he's been through that, for sure. Also joining us, Brendan, Mr. Fantastic. Hail Ratma. Stay spooky, folks. <laughs>